In this episode of I Can't See You, I'll tell you about a trip we made to the new Amazon Fresh store nearby. I'll tell you about my call with QuickBooks that didn't go as expected. And I'll talk about a guest appearance I made on another podcast. From Studio B in Swarthmore, this is the I Can't See You podcast with David. It's like blind people for dummies. Hello there, and welcome to episode 196 of I Can't See You. My name is David, at David Benj on all the socials. I'm really happy to have you along for this episode, and I've got a few things to talk about. The main thing that I'll talk about, and I'll get to in a minute, is my call with QuickBooks. But before I get to that, I wanted to mention the new Amazon Fresh store that opened near us in Broomall, Pennsylvania, Yesterday, I'm recording this on the 9th of September, and I've got something to talk about with the date also in a few minutes. But Liz and I were really excited to go check out the new Amazon Fresh store because it's got that technology where you go in and you scan a barcode and you walk around and you put stuff in your cart and then you walk out and just scan your phone again at checkout. There's no checkout. Nobody's ringing you up. Nobody's doing anything. And we thought, how is this even possible? And of course, growing up in supermarkets, I was just very interested in seeing the market. The one that opened near us, it's only the second one in Pennsylvania, is in an old giant supermarket. And by giant, I mean the brand name, it wasn't that big. Uh, It's probably around the size of one of my dad's larger stores back when I was a kid. And it made me think of that as we were walking through this store. Uh, It was just very interesting to walk through. One of my dad's busiest stores was one down on Basin Road in Newcastle, Delaware, that the week that it opened, it did some crazy amount of money. And the day that it opened, opening day, was just mayhem. It was basically gridlock within the store. People were waiting for carts as people were exiting. They were grabbing carts. They were waiting in line just to get in once they got carts. You couldn't move two feet for the first half of of the day. It was just crazy. And I don't remember the numbers that it did. It was by far my dad's busiest opening and busiest opening week uh, that he ever had in a store. And, uh, Yesterday at Amazon Fresh, it was not like that. <laughs> it was not like that, which I was happy for because we wanted to look around the store. And it's hard to look around the store when you can't move and you're dodging people. And there were people in there. I was surprised to see how many older folks were in there. And I guess, as Liz said, um, it, everybody was working. Primarily, there were older folks in there. And when I say older, obviously, I, I mean old because they were older than us. <laughs> um, and we're As Liz said, we're not that old, but we're not young. So uh, it was nice to look around. When we first walked up, and I'll play it at the end of the show in in this week's Just Listen, they had a guy out front and a big wheel that you could spin to win prizes. Some people won gift cards. Some people won snacks. Some people won other things. Um, uh, We won a cup. Liz won a cup uh, and some snacks. and, And the snacks were okay. They were these... Uh, It was the Amazon brand of, they were almost like, they were kind of shaped like Pringles, but they were, it was chocolate candy and chocolate and caramel, salted caramel. And we like that one better. (laughs) The chocolate, the plain old chocolate one was supposed to be milk chocolate. It really tasted like dark chocolate to me. Um, 
but uh, the shape was interesting because they did look like uh, small potato chips, small Pringles. When we first walked in, there was a guy that was right inside the door and he said, do you guys have the Amazon app? And, and Liz, of course, doesn't have it on her phone, but I have it on my phone. So we, I said, I have it. And he said, okay, we'll open it up and uh, I'll show you what to do. And of course, he wasn't familiar with voiceover, so he was always forgetting to double tap. And if there's anything you always have to remember, whether it's Zombieland or, <laughs> or using voiceover on an iPhone, it's always double tap. So once we got that situated and Liz kind of had to help him out with that uh, because it was too noisy for me to listen and get it going. Um, so the guy was trying to help me out by looking and wasn't double tapping. So Liz watched him and then did what needed to be done. So once it brought up a, I guess it was a QR code. And then when you walk into the store, there is a little scanner that we went over and you showed your phone, kind of like when you use Apple Pay, you showed, you know, flipped the screen over so the barcode could be read on the scanner, and we walked in. And we walked into the produce section, my favorite section of the store, and we looked around, we looked at the lemons, which were 79 cents each, which a little higher than what we pay at the farmer's market store that we go to called Gentilly's. Um, <laughs> voiceover pronounces it Gentiles. But it was still, the produce looked nice, uh, we ended up buying blueberries. They were on sale. We got 510 grams for $5.79, which is in the ballpark that we, we like to play, pay. Those 510 grams I will eat over the course of three sittings. It's uh, about 170 grams uh, a serving for me, which works out to, uh, I want to say it works out to right around 100 calories for that. And that's what I usually have at night, along with some other berries. Then we saw, we were near condiments and Liz caught a glimpse of Sir Kensington spicy ketchup. Now I love Sir Kensington chipotle mayo and I, I it is so good. So if you see that in the store and you like a little bit of spicy and you kind of like mayo, it's just del <laughs> it's delicious. I tried the spicy ketchup yesterday and it was really good as well. So um, a big fan of that. That was $4 and something. So that they were our purchases. We did pick up other things and look at them. And we were wondering how that would all play out once all was said and done. We picked up some potatoes. Like I said, I picked up, I felt some of the lemons because I wanted to see if they were... Uh, ready to go, or I'd have to wait a little bit to uh, juice them. And I use a lot of lemons each week, if I haven't told you already. Uh, I use roughly about 160 grams of lemon juice in my iced tea every day. Now, granted, it is a big thing of, of uh, iced tea. The store is not close to us, but it's not crazy far, probably four or five miles away. Again, something that if they were to carry an item that one of the local stores we shop in might not carry, we could always take a trip over there or obviously just order it <laughs> on Amazon and have it brought right to our house. Uh, obviously, we're not going to do that with blueberries or, or lemons or whatnot. So we had a look around. Now, the cool thing was, besides all this stuff where you just put the stuff in your cart, and if we ever go back, we would take a bag in with us because why not just bag it up as you're picking it up? instead of waiting. Now, we didn't have a bag on us. We had a bag in the car. So when we checked out, when we left, we just took everything out of the cart and Liz held everything in her hands and, and we just walked over to the car and she put it in a bag. But the really cool thing that they had, they had an aisle. It was called the International Aisle, which a lot of stores have. 
But one of the things that was in this aisle, it seemed, and we didn't we didn't linger there because it was a little bit crowded in this aisle, not terribly, but still more people in it than some of the others. It looked like they had candy from the UK. Uh, and Jane was always talking about a certain kind of candy bar that she had when she did her study abroad in London. And I didn't remember what it was, so we didn't stop to look. But if anybody around here, supermarket-wise, were to have it, I'm sure it would be over at Amazon Fresh and Broomall. And once everything dies down, maybe we'll go back over there and take a longer look. I didn't take out anything. My plan was to get some video of being in the store, but it was just too hard to navigate and hold my phone out. And besides, the app was running with the barcode on. I didn't want to mess with that. So the the phone stayed in my pocket while we were moving around the store. But it was very cool. They had typical hot food stuff and salad bar and olive bar and things like that. It was basically a typical market other than the checking out part. And you could go just through a regular checkout if you wanted. They had cashiers and, and stuff like that. Um, but we wanted to try the other thing. And the weird thing was, so we checked out, you know, scanned the barcode, uh, sorry, the QR code at checkout. And we were talking to the girl who was helping us and explaining, here's what you have to do and so forth and so on. And again, it's very easy. There's not too much explanation, but obviously we had a lot of questions because (laughs) it was new to us. So she was telling us that there are thousands of tiny cameras that are, hanging from the ceiling that are pointing everywhere. And there are also sensors for weight on the shelves. And the combination of everything is how everything is registered. So when you pick something up, it registers that you have it. And then if you put it back, it obviously senses that you've put it back. Again, I was a little bit skeptical. And then I was really skeptical when she said, oh, you should get your receipt in about an hour. So obviously... After an hour, we were going to be home. We might have eaten everything we bought at that point. And there's no proof of, hey, we didn't buy that. But when we finally got the receipt, which was a few hours later, it was right. It showed the blueberries for $5.79 and the um, Sir Kensington spicy ketchup for whatever it was, for whatever. $10.08 is what we spent. (laughs) Uh, We did have a 10 off a 20 coupon, so maybe we'll go back and take a look around and at least take advantage of that coupon uh, when I need blueberries again. (laughs) But it was very interesting, and I was glad we went. And it wasn't as crazy as I thought it would be. And at at one point, I thought, you know, it's going to be so mobbed, I don't even want to go deal with that. And um, I'm glad we went. The parking lot was pretty full, but we were able to find a decent parking spot. And Liz got her pull-through spot, which she she hunts for uh, especially aggressively when we're in a parking lot because she doesn't like to back out of a parking spot, she would rather, if she has to, would back into it so she could just pull out straight because she doesn't want to uh, risk not seeing someone as she's backing out. Now, I'm recording this on the 9th of September. Today would have been Liz's mother's 86th birthday. And uh, later on, we're going to go to the cemetery and take her a little treat, which I've told you before, may be weird, may not be. It doesn't really matter. We've just started doing it and we continue. But it also made me think, a year ago, I wished her a happy birthday from, I think it was called Orangeburg, New York. A year ago today, we were filming the Yahoo Fantasy Football 
draft video documentary that was done on the All Blind Fantasy League. And of course, I will put the, <laughs> the link in the show notes if you haven't seen it yet. And if you haven't, I just can't believe I haven't strong-armed you into looking at that. You can find it easily by going to icantseeyou.com slash football. Again, icantseeyou.com slash football if you want to take a look if you haven't seen it. Uh, but I am going to post in our league message board today um, you remember it was a year ago. Now, I wasn't going to do it that way. Brian had a shirt on that evidently had zebras on. Now, most of us couldn't tell that because, you know, we can't see. But they had given him some clothing to use. The rest of us had to bring had to bring stuff, although they did have some things that if they didn't like what we had on, they would have the person put on. I know, I know Dominic had to change. I, I don't know if anybody else did. But the shirt had zebras on it, so everybody started calling Brian Zebra Boy. So I guess when I post today in the message boards, if somebody hasn't already done it, it would be happy birthday to Zebra Boy who turns one today. And again, I can't reiterate enough how much fun that was to be part of that. And as you know, I, uh, I wanted to do something for Brian uh, for setting that all up. If you aren't familiar with it, we got paid to be in this video. They paid for our travel. They paid for our hotel. Everything about it was just outstanding. But the best part was that we got to meet everybody in person. Of the 12 teams, nine of us were there. There were two folks from Louisiana that didn't come, and there was somebody from Southern California that couldn't make it. But it was just outstanding getting to hang out with everybody uh, for those two-plus days in um, both while we were doing the video, uh, and again, I think it was called Orangeburg, and um, as well as having dinner each night, both nights, <laughs> both nights at Buffalo Wild Wings, and there's a story there uh, because there were only two restaurants really close to the hotel that were easy to get to for a bunch of blind folks. One was Buffalo Wild Wings, one was Applebee's. We went to Buffalo Wild Wings the first night, and Ed who is one of the co-hosts of that Real Blind Tech show, suggested we go to Applebee's the next night. They both had the same amount of wait time, so we decided to go back to Buffalo Wild Wings. And it was a lot of fun uh, that night, too. That was the opening night of the season, and I guess it was Dallas played Tampa. And so we watched that. We hung out there and, I guess, listened to that. would be more appropriate, since the only one who was at our table that could see was Colin from Yahoo. Uh, but it was a lot of fun. And it was just such a great experience, and I, I just can't believe that it's it's been a year since we since we did that, and uh, just a lot of fun. So I wanted to bring that up today while I'm recording this. Hopefully, I'll get this episode out today, the ninth. Might drag into the tenth, but uh, my goal is to get back to getting the episodes out Thursday or Friday, and uh, we'll see if that happens because there's going to be some more editing involved because of just listen. It might not happen until tomorrow. So the main thing that I wanted to talk about today is my call to QuickBooks. Liz and I have a small business called Digital Graphics Design, which I'm sure I've mentioned before. I primarily use it to create websites for ourselves to do content marketing and affiliate marketing. We also do and take on clients when asked. I don't like to take on clients too often because it becomes troublesome getting information from them or getting content from them, and it just kind of drags on. 
And so I, I'm just tired of doing and waiting for that. Again, I did Brian's site for That Real Blind Tech Show, and that's at blindtechshow.com. Currently working on another site called flightforsight.net, uh, uh, which is not up and running yet, hopefully soon. And it's just, it's just a lot easier doing the marketing, uh, the affiliate marketing or content marketing sites, because I can control everything. I can create the content. I can create all the links. Everything is bing, bang, boom. And it's all based on how much I can get done. I don't have to wait for any content unless I've ordered content from writers. And the usually turnaround time is pretty quick with that. So we have digital graphics. We have our own personal stuff. And because we've had other businesses in the past, we thought we're going to need QuickBooks again. Liz still does stuff in a version of QuickBooks that's on the PC that's from like 2009. They haven't supported that probably for a decade. But it's enough to get our accountant the information he needs. With digital graphics, I don't even do that. I get all the income and expenses. I put it in a spreadsheet and I send that to him. Again, this, the income and expenses for digital graphics, very small. Very small. It's just basically right now it's a side hustle uh, for me, even the, even though I don't really have a main hustle. Uh, I guess my volunteering is the main hustle. So we thought we're going to get QuickBooks. And when we got QuickBooks, we thought we would also bring in the Keystone chapter financials because then I'd be able to write a check without having to get Liz to write the check because I could type up the check in QuickBooks. I'm sure there'd be some issues with seeing and voiceover compatibility and whatnot, but it would be enough to, as long as I loaded the checks in the printer properly, I'd be able to do it. And that's one of my biggest things that I can't do now because when we make up a deposit or when we write a check to somebody, Liz has to write it down. I, I just can't see enough to do it. And uh, as I call her, uh, she is the de facto treasurer of the Keystone chapter. I am the title holder of treasurer of the Keystone chapter. So I thought it would be great if we got everything under one umbrella. And back in the day, back when software was easy to buy and put on your computer, back when, <laughs> when all computers had some sort of floppy drive or a CD drive or DVD drive, it was easy. You went to Staples or one of the computer stores you bought the software or got it from Amazon, bought the software, loaded it on, typed in your key code that you get in the documentation of the uh, software, and you could go. Now, with QuickBooks, that version was roughly about 200 bucks back in the day. There was an additional fee if you wanted to do payroll, which when we had our businesses, we did. We did payroll through QuickBooks. Also very cool and easy and great to do. So it wasn't that you had to buy it each year. It wasn't that you had to pay a subscription fee. You paid $200 for the software, maybe another $150 or $200 for the payroll package that uh, was an add-on, and you were good. My bookkeeper loved it. My accountant loved it. Bing, bang, boom, done. Well, of course, now the model for most software is subscription-based, whether you're talking about Adobe Creative Cloud or you are talking about a lot of different software packages. It's a monthly fee, 
And the difference, the primary difference between it, when you bought QuickBooks back in the day and put it, loaded the software onto your computer, you could create different companies. So when we first bought it, we used it for the video store. And we had the, the company, my company that owned my West Coast video franchise was called Topshop Markets. We put Topshop on there. We paid all the bills through there. We did the payroll through there, so forth and so on. Fine, that's great. We then moved on when we closed down um, the West Coast. We then didn't use it for a while, but then we bought salon supplies and interiors. So we got a newer version of, <laughs> of QuickBooks. And I don't believe, I think I used that old version for QuickBooks when Dan and I first started uh, digital graphics design. And that's how I would do the accounting with that. Um, I think I used that same version uh, for digital graphics. And again, the there was never a lot of money coming in and going out with digital graphics, even when we were working on it uh, mostly full time. And I, I don't remember the I don't remember the particulars, but it was um, it it was just again it was just enough to uh, to do some things and um, and stuff like that. It was never huge. So when we opened salon, when we bought salon supplies and interiors and created another company to to own that business, we got the newest version of QuickBooks that Liz used and our accountant helped set up. And that's what we used. And we, at that point, added our personal stuff. So Liz, if she wasn't crazy busy, could also, while she was at the business, also take care of any kind of personal bills and so forth and so on. And it was just easy. Everything got printed out of the printer. All the checks looked nice. We found a great place to get the checks. And I forget what it's called, checkdepot.net, I think it was. And everything was cool. We kept the check colors different so we wouldn't mistakenly write a check for Millbrook Holdings, which was the company that owned Salon Supplies and Interiors, um, instead of writing a check on a David and Liz <laughs> checking account. Um, and it was great. And everything was done... They were separated. We could have multiple accounts. Millbrook had several different bank accounts. Um, and then later on, the PayPal account, everything got incorporated in that under one company. Our personal stuff was another company. Digital graphics, I don't think at that point I used. Um, I don't remember at, at this point, but I uh, haven't used QuickBooks for digital graphics for quite a while. Probably when I moved to the Mac, I don't think I used it, but I could be wrong. So again, we could create multiple companies. And again, our personal stuff is considered a company uh, for all intents and purposes. Do we need that kind of power to do our pers personal stuff? No, but we had it. And why go out and buy other software to write checks when we already have this? So when I called the other day to follow up, because Liz had called a couple days earlier, and Liz, when she called, said, how many accounts can we have under one subscription? And accounts was the wrong word because any given subscription, any, which in this case means company, could have obviously multiple accounts. A bank account at this place, a bank account at that place, maybe a PayPal or something like that, maybe another type of online payment system, whatever. You can have multiple accounts. 
But when all was said and done, they'd all be part of whatever the companies, whether we called it, it was based under digital graphics or it was our personal, they would incorporate everything that came in. So if we got a payment for Keystone Chapter and we got a payment for digital graphics and uh, Liz got her paycheck, that would all come into the one company. So there's no way that that would work for us. There's no way to separate that. So when you would look at a profit and loss for the company, you would see our personal stuff on there, our Keystone stuff on there. So I wanted to verify. And so I called QuickBooks myself a couple days after Liz did. And I asked the question, how many companies could we have under one subscription? It wasn't an easy answer for the guy. And it was... <laughs> We got off to a rocky start because the person who took down my information, who first answered the call, kept coming back on saying, I'm sorry, he's just taking a little longer, so forth and so on. It'll be a couple of minutes. And he did that a second or third time. And as soon as he finished talking, I hear somebody say, hello, hello. <laughs> and I didn't know, I didn't know if this, something else was going on in this guy's office or his home office. I didn't, it was a different sounding voice. So I didn't know what was happening. And finally I said, hello. And the guy started into it and I thought, okay, this is the guy that I'm waiting for, not somebody else. And I said to, I then asked him the question and he said, well, let's back up before we get into that. Tell me first about your nonprofit. And this is where it gets funny. And this is where the title of this week's episode comes from. I said to him, I am the treasurer of a small nonprofit that is under a larger nonprofit that where the 501c3 stuff comes from. Uh, we are a chapter of the National Federation of the Blind of Pennsylvania. And we're talking, and he says, what about this, what about that, so forth and so on. And then he said to me, and he said, why do you want the software? And I said, well, right now, when I need to write a check... I can't write a check because I'm blind. So I have to get my wife to write the check and then I sign it. And we talk a little bit more. And then the guy says to me, you're not actually blind. <laughs> and I started laughing. I said, why would I lie about that? What, what do you mean? I said, I'm blind. I said, uh, you can ask any of my doctors. They would say I'm blind. I use a white cane to get around. What part of blind? It's always a tricky situation when people think it's not an off or on thing. Either the lights are off or the lights are on. With blindness, there is a threshold. The legal definition doesn't mean complete darkness. That's totally blind. If I say I'm totally blind, that's different from I'm blind. Sometimes I use the words visually impaired. But again, as my cornea doc reiterated back when I saw him last week, I'm blind. Whether I could see that big at the time, it was a B on the 2400 line, which I couldn't see, or I'm counting fingers at several feet, whatever it is, I'm considered blind. It's listed that way um, wherever things are listed, <laughs> whether it's um, uh, on the census report, whatever. So when I explained this to him, he said, oh, okay. And he, he was 
got a little weird for a minute and we continued on. I probably spent half an hour to 45 minutes on the phone with this guy because after we talked about the stuff for Keystone and why I needed it, we then got into digital graphics. And he's asking about payroll. I said, we don't have payroll. I said, look, it's basically a side hustle for us. It's my wife and I, we don't take a draw. We don't do anything. We pay some bills and we get some income. That's it. And we're only doing it because it would be easier for me and my accountant to have something spit out from QuickBooks as opposed to just sending him the spreadsheet. And then he gets into our personal stuff, which again, he said, with your personal stuff, you really don't need QuickBooks. There's a free software out there that we have, and I, I don't remember the name of it. And after this phone call, I wouldn't use it. <laughs> I don't think. Uh, somebody that I follow uh, their podcast and watch on YouTube uh, named Doug Cunnington talked about something called Wave. If we really wanted to have something, maybe we would use that. It's not something that you would print out checks, but it's basically you would put everything in and get everything spit out nice and easy. And maybe we could use that for um, Keystone Chapter. Again, it's not going to it's not going to write the checks, so I'm still in in that issue. So once we got done everything. This guy tells me it's going to be, I don't remember if he said 50 or $55 per month. And I said, US? And he said, yes. And I had gone through everything and I told him the amount of money that comes and goes from Keystone. And I said, okay, so that would be for Keystone and digital graphics for one subscription. Oh no, you, you can only have one company per subscription. I said, so it's 50 or whatever it was per each? I said, $1,200 plus a year for this, for two organizations that can't afford to do that. There's just no way we would need to pay that kind of money to have that software. That, that would just be ridiculous. That would be almost as ridiculous as the accounting fees we initially spent when we owned salon supplies and interiors. Now, this was a business that did roughly half a million dollars a year in business. We were paying thousands of dollars per month to have the accounting company that we used. And I don't remember what exactly it was per month, but it was thousands. And when I talked to my attorney about it, he said, you got to get a different accountant. This was an accountant that we used. My dad and one of the founders of this firm were best friends. And we used that firm. But my dad's friend had died years before, but we continued to use them for our personal and for any business that we did, except for digital graphics. We used uh, a friend of ours to do digital graphics um, until we switched to this other accountant um, probably about 10 years ago, 12 years ago, uh, maybe even more. So it was just ridiculous for that and paying $50 or so for digital graph, $600. I, I don't know what the revenue was last year for digital graphics, but it was a multiple of less than five <laughs> for that. So why would, I, why would I spend $600 if we're only bringing in a couple thousand dollars, a few thousand dollars? Just, it would just be ridiculous. And, um, 
and my accountant hasn't complained about the Excel spreadsheet that he gets with the, again, maybe there's 10 lines of information on it, revenue, and then the different expenses. That's it. Again, not a lot happening there. I pay for hosting. I pay for phone. I pay for uh, internet. Um, I pay for third-party vendors when it's something that either I can't do or don't have the time to do. And so there's not much there. Software, things like that. That's it. Domain names. I was so mad that I wasted that amount of time to talk to this guy when had he just answered my question up front, I wouldn't have spent all that time on the phone. So if I eventually have a business that requires accounting software, I will certainly take a longer look at things like FreshBooks and things like that because it was just ridiculous. And then with that utterly ridiculous question, you're not actually blind. It just, it just goes to show what some folks think. Like I talked about in last week's episode with the person driving that cart at that post office distribution center that I was working at with the BEP business. Some people just don't think, hey, that guy can't see, so he can't do anything. I mean, there's a lot of things I can't do. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> but it's not because I can't see. It's because I'm either dumb or don't want to, but it's not because I can't see. There are some things that I can't, I'm not going to jump behind the wheel of a car. Can't do that yet. Or maybe ever. But it's just the assumptions folks make when someone is blind or visually impaired that is why this podcast started in the first place. And that's going to transition me into my last item for this podcast before I tell you about <laughs> before I tell you about White Canes Connect. I was a guest on Stories of Vision Loss. And I'm not sure when that episode comes out. I, we just recorded it yesterday. Had I not recorded that interview yesterday with Charlotte, I would have done this podcast last night. And I, my voice was just shot after, after speaking with Charlotte. I really enjoyed speaking with her too because she is a, a mobility instructor. She's based in Texas. And our, we have a mutual friend, Max Ivy, who's been on this podcast a couple of times uh, going back a couple of years. And Max and I get back and forth with one another. We talk often. If you remember when I had Emily Trepanier on earlier this year, Max had sent me her information. And I'm hoping that once we get a little chillier out, we're going to have her on White Canes Connect because um, it's a matter of with blind folks. And, and Charlotte and I talked about this yesterday on her show, it's a matter of showing other blind folks, as far as White Canes Connect go, or as far as her show goes, that just because you can't see doesn't mean you can't do. And um, Emily with snowboarding is one thing. We had Brian Mackey on, who's a blind golfer. Uh, I, I, as I, as I've said before, if I'm hitting a golf ball and I actually go and find it, I, I call that a win and move on. It doesn't matter where it is. As long as I find it, Hey, great. Um, and so that is, uh, it's a huge thing. I told the story of sitting in an office with Lynn Heights, 
who is the president of the NFB of Pennsylvania. And I, I may have told this story before. And Lynn and I were talking about whatever it was we were talking about. And she got a phone call. And it was a person who was blind who said that they couldn't get a job and what could they do to, I don't know if they were trying to get disability, get services, I don't remember. And Lynn then said to them, why can't you work? And the person said, and, and then before she even gave them a chance to answer, she said, and don't say because you're blind. I'm blind and I'm working. I volunteer here at the NFB of Pennsylvania and I have an actual job. And so she took down the information and I don't know whatever became of that, but I just thought it was funny. And it's just an assumption that a lot of folks make. It is why unemployment for blind and visually impaired folks is over 75%. Because people just assume they can't do it. Now, some don't want to make the accommodations. And sometimes the accommodations have to be made above and beyond what your employer will do. We spoke to Harriet Goh, who is our friend and uh, the Keystone Chapter president, about her job with the school district of Philadelphia. She is a teacher, not of blind kids, of other kids. And other than when she taught things within the NFB, that's the only time she's taught blind kids. She does teach special ed, but there are developmental issues with that, whether it's ADD or other things like that. But the school district doesn't do a lot of things for her. And she didn't really want to throw them under the bus on that episode. Uh, I have no problem doing it here. Uh, again, there's, she may get mad later on. She doesn't listen, so she probably won't, unless somebody tells her. <laughs> Do you want her email address? Um, they won't make accommodations in getting her Braille material, whether it's a book in Braille, so that she can follow along if they're reading something in class. She has gone out and bought many books in Braille for her classroom so that she can read along with them or read to them. And the kids that she teaches, I think she said kindergarten through third grade. So kind of similar to Liz, a little bit older. There are things that she does around her classroom. So she knows what's going on. She gets, she does get an aid that helps her out um, in the classroom as far as if she has to read letters from parents that come in or things like that. But the school district, doesn't do any of the Braille stuff. She's asked for things and had to wait six months. She asks before the school year starts. Sometimes she gets it in January if she ever gets it at all. Just just brutal. And um, so the lack of accommodations always made me mad when she told me that she would sit at home at night and one of her family members would help her, would read her things from books so she could Braille, make it in Braille so she'd be able to use it the next day in class or later on whenever she got to that material later on. Uh, Again, she's not getting paid extra for that. Her family member isn't getting paid to do that. You just have to make it work. And that's what Charlotte is trying to do with stories of vision loss, just to show, hey, it's not because you're blind that you do this. And um, yes, you do this, but it's has nothing to do with your blindness. I mean, listen, I wouldn't, it wouldn't be smart if you, if you were blind 
to the point that I am and you said, hey, I want to do web design, uh, might not be the best thing. But I started out doing it and I like doing it and maybe you can do it too. And I know when I did blindtechshow.com and I showed Brian how to add a post or a page or things like that, he got it and he's able to do it. And so now he updates when they have a new episode and he's written some blog entries and things like that. So you can check it out, blindtechshow.com. You can have a look there and listen to their latest episodes. I am, <laughs> I am desperately waiting for this week's episode to come out because they were going to talk about the new iPhone stuff uh, and the Apple stuff in general that happened uh, two days ago. And I always like their take and uh, get ideas that way with, I need a new phone. Like you wouldn't believe the craziness that's going on with my phone um, so I'm looking forward to that coming out, but, uh, I will let you know when the episode comes out on stories of vision loss. And in the meantime, I will put the information, uh, to the website, it's, it's stories of I'll also put their social media handles on there. They do not have a lot of Twitter followers. <laughs> I, I want to say I was number 22 as far as, uh, followers. Um, but I, like what she's trying to do. And, and Charlotte does have a good voice for it. So, and she gets it. And, um, you know, obviously she's had a lot of, a lot of contact with blind folks working with them as part of her day job. So, uh, so listen for that. Uh, again, I will post when that comes out, but in the meantime, go check out her stuff and you can hear about other blind folks and what they do. And some of it is probably better than what I do. Cause again, I, <laughs> I don't really do that much. And I was a little worried. I have to tell you, that after spending the entire summer traveling into Philadelphia each day and having all these different stories happen to me, I thought, oh God, since the last episode, since I recorded the last episode, I've only been out of the house like three times. So I was a little worried about what I could talk about. Now, obviously I had that great call from QuickBooks, so that was something easy and uh, something I could talk about. Uh, I'm excited to tell you next week about our Keystone chapter uh, meeting and picnic or cookout tomorrow uh, that we're going to uh, up in Roslyn. And um, that should be a lot of fun. There's going to be a lot of people there. Uh, some new members are coming. Uh, some other folks that were invited, Lisa texted me today that there's going to be a guy that actually listens to White Canes Connect and actually reached out to one of our guests for assistance. He's actually uh, in school learning about audio engineering and editing. So I'm interested to meet him. There's a couple of new folks that have been on a couple of calls that uh, I'm also excited for because when I hear somebody that sounds really good, I always say to Harriet, I said, that sounds like your new treasurer. And of course, she will never let me out of that. Um, so that'll, that'll be next week's stories. And lastly, I wanted to talk about White Canes Connect. Um, I am in the process of editing episode 45. Now, this one's going to be a challenge. This was not one that I was on. I had no parts of it. It was recorded when I was busy working at the Blind Bodega, and I didn't have the, the gentleman that we had, Bill McCann, from Dancing Dots. He couldn't do anything at night. He wanted to do it during the day. So Lisa and Stacy interviewed him. Now, the problem with this episode is going to be how long it's going to take me to edit it. When I dropped all the tracks in, I noticed that they went on for an hour and 40 minutes. Well, I am not putting out an episode more than an hour and 10 or an hour and 15 minutes. That's just too long. 
and I am around 10 or 15 minutes into editing, and I've already chopped out probably minutes of back and forth with them that just, while it's, it would be nice to have if there wasn't a lot of material, it's just too much. It's just too much. Um, we want to get the gist of his business, which is doing um, braille sheet music and um, software for visually impaired musicians uh, to use so they can make sheet music larger. And maybe next week for Just Listen, instead of one of the things that I am talking about or experience, although maybe I'm, I am going to have some things from, uh, from the picnic. I plan to take my recorder tomorrow, my H1N. And, uh, uh, but he had sent along a, Bill McCann did, uh, a, I think it's a 30 second or a 60 second spot that he uses for uh, one of his products. And again, just a great story. Uh, started out at St. Lucie, which if you go back, that's what the Keystone chapter, one of their um, their primary reasons for fundraising is so that we can do things with the kids at St. Lucie, whether it's gifts at Christmas time or the Christmas party or the graduation gifts when they graduate and move on to high school. Uh, so he actually started out um, either getting an office for free from them or very low price uh, when he started his business back in the 90s. So that episode will be coming out. I don't know when because, again, it's a long episode and a lot that I've got to go through. And what's really funny, when I started editing it, I went and I found the intro and outro. And usually we do that at the end. After the person we interview is gone from the call, we then do an intro because we know what he's going to say and so we can lead into it. And then at the back end, we know we can go a little bit further into what he said as well as talk about contact information or any upcoming events within the NFB of Pennsylvania or the various chapters if, if some of those folks send it in. Well, I hear Lisa and Stacy talking about, I didn't know David did music with him. <laughs> and I may have mentioned this before. There is a guy named David Goldfield that everybody confuses me for. Now, I am sure this guy is a hell of a lot smarter than I am because he's taught them computers and he taught them everything else. I've had people say, oh yeah, you taught me the computer, blah, 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 blah. Well, the funny thing is, and I, I think I mentioned this a few weeks ago, we actually connected on Twitter about a month ago. And we went back and forth and I said, you know, I get confused for you a lot. <laughs> so one day I may have him on and maybe we'll just call that the Steinfield or Fieldstein episode, whatever that may be. And uh, because everything else, it'd be funny if his middle name was Benjamin. Um, but, uh, but I think it'd be fun to have him on. And again, uh, he is very smart and uh, does a lot of accessibility uh, training and software. And I think he works for Comcast in their accessibility uh, department. Uh, and again, maybe he's the head of the accessibility department. I don't know. Uh, but I'll get more information and maybe have him on in an upcoming episode. I think it would be funny. And especially after this guy also, sound Bill McCann I'm speaking of, sounds like he also confused me for him because I, <laughs> I have no musical talents, as I've told you many times. I can prove it, but I don't want you to hit stop right away or if you're in the car, crash. 
So uh, again, listen for episode 45 of White Canes Connect, hopefully out within a couple of days. Uh, we'll, see how, we'll, see how, we'll see how that goes. In this week's Just Listen, as I mentioned earlier, we went to the Amazon Fresh store opening in Broomall on the 8th of September. And this was what was going on outside of the store. There was a line of people. Everybody was spinning this wheel. And they had this guy talking about it. I don't know if this guy works at that particular store, if he's one that goes from store to store. He seemed a little bit too professional to just be, let's say, the produce guy from that store. But I don't know for sure. Here's this week's Just Listen. Feel free to share everything on social media if you like it. It's tax time for this young lady. Go ahead and get that wheel of spin over there. Hey, whichever way you want to go to the left or to the right, whichever side you feel is your lucky side to spin. And spin again for me. As usual, I'd love to hear from you. So please reach out to me. You can reach me at I can't see you podcast at gmail.com. I can't see you podcast at gmail.com. Questions, comments, show ideas, anything you've got, please reach out. Uh, if you've got a critique, good or bad, you can send it in an email. Better yet, if you've got a critique or you've got a tip or you've got other questions, comments, other show ideas, you can also call 646 926 6350. Again, 646 926 6350. You've got up to three minutes. Please leave your name in town, and it can be a nickname if you don't want to leave your actual name. And just about whatever you say, I'll most likely use on an upcoming episode. So please reach out. I'd love to have you on uh, and tell me what you like about the show, don't like about the show, or any kind of questions you may have. I'd love to hear from you. Or, like I've said, a tip if you are blind, tell me something that you do around the house or while you're out and about that may help someone else who maybe didn't think of it, or uh, for whatever reason, you came up with some crazy way of doing something and it works for you. might not work for everybody, but let us be the judge. You don't, don't hold back <laughs> if you think it's silly or dumb or whatever. Uh, tell us about it. And maybe it is silly or dumb, but it might help a few folks out, and then it's not silly or dumb. So again, 646-926-6350. As usual, you can hear the or read the show notes at I can't see you.com slash 196. I can't see you.com slash 196. Remember, I can't see you sounds like a whole sentence. It's only seven characters long. I C A N T C U.com slash 196. So we're approaching that episode 200 and I don't have anything exciting yet to mention. <laughs> Always reach out on me to me on social media at David Benj, just about everywhere. D-A-V-I-D-B-E-N-J. I'd love to hear from you and connect with you there as well. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of I Can't See You. I really do appreciate it. Until next week, be well, stay safe, and I'll talk to you then. Thank you for listening to the I Can't See You podcast with David. Please rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen. And don't forget to share the podcast with your friends.